are listening to the episode six of Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast, the show that empower you to redefine the life you want and live your best life now. I'm Francine Belay, your host, and I'm thrilled to have you here with me today. Are you at a point in life where you are looking to create more meaning in your work and in your life, make more money and lead a movement to change the world? Let's have a chat. Go to www.francinebelay.com slash podcast. That's F-R-A-N-C-I-N-E-B-E-L-E-Y-I.com slash podcast and click on request a call button for more information. My guest today is Henry Stewart, founder and chief happiness officer of Happy Limited. Henry is author of two books, Relax, A Happy Business Story, and The Happy Manifesto. He helps people create happy workplaces. In this conversation, Henry explains why he started Happy Computers after a fairly disastrous job experience and why he decided to create a principled organization where people are happy and help others to do the same. Harry believes that we should find joy in our work 80% of the time. Yes, 80%, not 50%, not 30%, but 80%. And shares the key element to become happy at work and in life. He also shares his philosophy and believes that making mistakes is a key ingredient of resilience and why you should never try to fit in. I'm sure you will feel energized after this conversation. Now let's dive in. Hi, Harry. <laughs> Hello, Francine. Delighted to be with you. Thank you very much for being on the show today. Tell me, what is a chief happiness officer? Well, I used to be chief executive officer um, and I uh, changed the title because I think the role of the head of a company should be to create an environment where people are happy, where they're fulfilled. Um, that's better for them and it's better for the organization. So your LinkedIn also profile starts with, I love my job, but also, <laughs> <laughs> also know that this has not always been the case. In fact, you have started Happy Computers back in 1987 after a fairly disastrous job experience. Can you briefly tell us what this job was and why was it that disastrous? Well, uh, together with some colleagues, I set up a, a national newspaper. It was going to be a, it was a Sunday newspaper and the idea was to create a radical campaigning left-wing tabloid that would change the nature of, of media. Um, we raised six and a half million pounds and we lost it all within six weeks. Oh my gosh. Um, it was, <laughs> the book about it is called Disaster, quite appropriately. And, we cre and uh, what happened was we created a truly terrible place to work. Um, where we hired some great people, um, but the culture and the environment were such that, because we didn't know anything about management, we'd never managed before. We thought, how hard can that be? Um, so I left there, uh, left no, uh, a place where I'd been full of backbiting, negativity, no, no responsibility, and decided to work out how you did create an organization 
that was effective, that was principled, and that was a great place to work. And that has been my 30-year journey with Happy. Wow, that's uh, amazing. But how do you go then from moving to this disastrous experience into finding this call? And, you know, what was for you uh, that moment, uh, actually, that you decided to do that? Well, it was because, it, I mean, I, I remember thinking while I was at News on Sunday that I'd worked at IBM before, which, you know, to us on the left was the, was a big, bad corporate Um but it was a far better place to work than what we created at News on Sunday. So I thought, how do you create a great workplace that is principled? Um, and that was what I took from News on Sunday. I believe now in celebrating mistakes. Mm-hmm. And that was a hell of a mistake. <laughs> um, and that's what led to Happy and everything we've created since. Oh, great. Okay. So I know that also mostly the body of work that you do is to help organization to create a happy workplace. But you also are author of two books, actually, Relax, A Happy Business Story and The Happy Manifesto. Um, And obviously, you've come across so many different organizations and people that are not very happy in their workplace. How people find, you know, what actually people find great in happy workplace? Okay, let's let's look at that. What people don't like is yeah. being told what to do, being micromanaged, blame cultures. What they do like, on the other hand, is doing something they're good at. That that's that's the base. Doing something they're good at, um, having the freedom to do it well, having a manager who coaches them rather than tells them, um, a no blame culture, and being listened to and valued. Mm-hmm. And flexible working is good too. It's mm-hmm. it's about that. It's not about you know. Uh, football tables and free food and gym membership. That's nice. But the core of it is that you're doing something you're good at, you have freedom over it, and you have a purpose in your in your job. Yeah. Uh, so for people, actually, you know, that's good. How do they, because this is not something that actually people can see quickly. How can people choose um, a happy workplace that they can uh, really belong to, actually, and then they can just fit in? Well, it's an interesting question. We, we work with uh, managers and senior management because they're the people who, can, who are normally getting in the way. In my experience, the problem in most organizations is at the top. Um, and if you've got a controlling hierarchy, if you've got micromanagement, it needs, it needs to, the change needs to start at the top. How can you spot? Um, I mean, there are various things like the great place to work list. There's Glassdoor. There's a whole set of sort of things. When you go for an interview, try and pick up the clues on is this an organization where you'll have freedom, where you'll have autonomy, where um, it isn't controlled by a rigid hierarchy. You can check out things like this. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's great. So uh, in case somebody is self-employed and, um, okay, just managing themselves, how can they create a happy workplace for themselves? well they've already got some of the key ingredients hopefully they're doing something they're good at if they're not get self-employed is something different um you've got you've got pretty much complete freedom over what you do and hopefully you've got a purpose in your life so Mm -hmm. actually you 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 should be having a a good time i mean there are all sorts of how to get actually happy there's all sorts of things we know about that um the most the easiest way to get happier is to help others okay that not only helps them, it helps you. Uh, build your relationships. Um, take exercise. I meditate for five minutes every morning. Not long, 
but just enough to give me that moment of calm. Um, I look at, I look at, at Happy, we have a concept that you should find joy in your work 80% of the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so if, if there's any element of your job that isn't giving you joy, uh, at work, we, we have two solutions. Either you find a different way to do it, or you find somebody else who prefers doing it to you. Now, if you're on your own, that latter option may not be uh, one. But if you're self-employed, work out what does give you joy. And they may be parts of your job which you don't, which you, you find find a job that you, you enjoy and it won't feel like work. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, totally get to the next section of our interview, our <laughs> conversation, which is now let's talk about meaningful work and meaningful life. So what is your definition of meaningful work and meaningful life? Uh, well, th- it's down to, the, to each person. Each person has a different thing that brings them meaning. Um, I get meaning from feeling I've made a difference to people's lives in, in making their workplaces happier and more fulfilled and doing that at happy to that gives gives me great joy um other people might get get meaning from you know uh producing great graphics or or um producing an amazing new piece of technology but it's worth thinking about what gives you meaning in life and how can you build that into your work i've been lucky in that i've been able to do that um, in our cafe uh, at Happy, uh, we had a 19-year-old in charge, and she wanted to improve it. Now, we could have got together, asked to use a plan, or got together a meeting of people and discussed it. But what we did was we simply agreed a budget, checked she understood uh, the, what Happy was about, and then left her to it. And I saw it for the first time when I walked into that cafe, and she'd made the changes, and they were fabulous. But more importantly, how do you think that 19-year-old, three months into her first job, felt walking into that cafe that she had created and walking into it every day. She felt fabulous. She felt yeah. motivated. She felt a sense of ownership. And that's very different if it had, had to been approved or go through a committee or something like that. Mm. So if you want to become happier at work, generally one of the key methods is to get something you own, something you're responsible for. And if you have a manager that micromanages, try putting to them that you can do your best work if you have some control and ownership over it, just leave you, give you a chance, leave you to it. Yeah. If you have a manager, just simply absolutely won't let you do it. You're yeah. probably with the wrong person and you should move to a different part of the organization or a different organization. Yeah. But that's the crucial thing mm-hmm. to being happy at work and fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, you have to be doing something you're good at, but then having the freedom to find your own solutions and make your own judgments is what yeah. really makes the difference. Yeah, yeah. And I love that, uh, Henry, because I think that usually people, I think people are just afraid. How can we help people move beyond their fear of, okay, well, if I leave the job, perhaps I'm not going to find another one. I think, I think what actually holds people back might be fear. Do you have any tip of how people can, um, you know, move beyond their fear to do something (laughs) well i love the old book title feel the fear and do it anyway yeah never read the book but i love the title (laughs) um and um when i set out the best advice i was given was go make mistakes Mm. oh wow and i made plenty of them as i've described (laughs) um but you've got to be i mean resilience for me is about 
trying something, trusting people, trying something new, but then being prepared for it all to go horribly wrong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just thinking, oh, that's interesting. Oh, what can I do differently? <laughs> um, now, I know some of us have financial needs and things like that. So, mm. you know, it isn't always possible just to immediately leave the job. Mm. But but be look look for other opportunities. Look for things which can which can meet whatever needs you've got. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Hearing. Well, now one of the one of the when I sat down thirty years ago and thought about what did I want to do and what a key element was I wanted to help people fulfill their potential. That's what gives me meaning. I initially, it was through helping people become more capable in their IT. Um, and now it's about creating workplaces where they can thrive and fulfill that potential. So mm. sit down and think about what is it that gives you meaning in your life? I, it's different for everybody. Yeah, yeah. What gives you meaning, Francine? So what gives me meaning is, you know, again, you know, helping people to find their potential and realizing it. You know, the, the purpose of this podcast is exactly that, actually, to really help people at a larger scales than I've been doing for now. Um, yes, that's, that's really like a big, um, you know, a big thing in my life, really. It has always been the thread of my life. And, you know, something I also want to um, ask you, Henry, is when did you realize who you are and what you are meant to do in life? Have I realized? I don't know. I have a, a long way still to go. Maybe <laughs> there are other things I, I, I need to do in life. Um, I, th- I think at all times they've been, I've, I've felt diff, I felt purpose, you know, in News on Sunday, we wanted to change the nature of media and, and make people aware of alternative radical opinions. Um, since then, it was about, it's, it's, it was about fulfilling people's potential through, uh, technology. And now it's about, um, uh, creating a happy workplace in 10 years time. It might be something completely different. Um, when did when do we ever find our final purpose? Yeah, I think that is actually some good words of wisdom because sometimes we we are busy finding or trying to find that purpose. And I think uh, what you you just said is great because you just start with IT and then you you know find um, your purpose with uh, helping other people. And then in ten years time, it might be something different. You just have to keep living in the moment, right? Would you agree? Absolutely. Um, it is about finding actual happiness in the moment, but it's also about taking time to reflect. Too many of us are dashing around busily, doing lots of things, being very hectic, but not actually just taking the time to stop and think, A, am I doing what I'm doing now well? Mm-hmm. Are there ways that I could be doing it better? And B, what, what, what do I want in my life? Mm-hmm. So take the time out, reflect, read, listen to music, whatever it is you do to, to help you, you think about things. Mm-hmm. So tell me, uh, outside of your, you know, uh, disastrous experience with your newspaper, is there <laughs> another one toughest moment you've encountered um, that actually finally was a blessing in disguise? Absolutely. Um, when I was at college, I mm-hmm. went to university to study maths. At the end of the first year, I failed all my exams. I was told the only person who did worse handed in blank pieces of paper. <laughs> um, and I changed then. It was, it was a devastating experience because my whole identity was based around me being a brilliant maths wow. um, But I uh, ch- had to change. Uh, to, I changed to economics. Uh, I was very lucky to stay at, at the university. Um, and that 
changed everything for the better. It changed who I was. I far prefer e e economics uh, to, now to maths. Um, and I rethought many things about my life at that point. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, so there's quite a the lot better. of, uh, yeah. yes, um, you know, a disappointment that turned out to be actually a blessing. Uh, so when you look back, actually, at your childhood, how has this prepared you to be who you are today or perhaps not to be who you are? At my childhood? Yes. Um, well, I was brought up in a family that was deeply principled. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it was a, They were socialists. They were very political. Um, my mother was a politician. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so I was brought up with a strong socialist feminist background. Mm -hmm. um, and that's laid for me a, a key belief in being principled at all times um, and in thinking about the effect you have on society. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, I think I'm very lucky uh, with the upbringing I had. Um, and I hope it stayed with me. Yeah, so those values are, you know, have built who you are today. Yes. Yeah. Oh, good. So what would you say is your superpower, Henry? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think relentless positivity um, and, and belief in people. You know, I genuinely, I think I do generally always look at someone and think, even if they're doing something that I don't like or, or isn't what I'd expected, why is that? What is it in their background? What is it in, their, in, the, in where they are at the moment that makes them like that? Like that? I, I, I have a, a fundamental trust and belief in people. Everyone has the potential to be great at something. Wow, that's awesome. Um, so for anybody listening to us today who is stuck perhaps in um, whatever they are doing and you know, how can they transition from that place, from perhaps a mundane job that they're having to find something more meaningful to do? Okay, well, take time to reflect. There's okay. two things you need to work out. One, what are you, what are you great at? What are your good skills? You know, uh, if you're you know, if you if you don't like socializing with people, then don't go for something like that. Go for something which is, you know, uh, which more fits you if you love socializing find something something where you get the chance to do that what it what that's just one small example what gives what are you good at and then what would give you meaning and, and what do you enjoy look at those things and see if you can find a job whether it's working for someone else or whether it's working on your own mm -hmm. um I, I don't think I could work for someone else. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Why can't you work for someone? Tell me. <laughs> I, I think I, I'm far too disruptive. Um, between the newspaper and Happy, I did actually have a small uh, a job uh, for 12 days. I worked for this pension company who then sacked me after 12 days. <laughs> they said they didn't like my attitude. <laughs> That's all they ever told me. I re I decided I did like my attitude, uh -huh. and I didn't want to work for anyone else again. I would work for myself. Um, yeah. uh, so it may be that you work for yourself, but that isn't right for everyone. Yeah. Uh, but you don't need to trudge your way in a job you don't like with a manager you don't like. Yes. Choose something different. Choose something that would give you meaning, whatever that is. Yes. I love the fact that you say that you love your attitude, regardless somebody else who didn't like your attitude. And I think this is something tough for people to really believe in themselves and, and deciding that 
their attitude, obviously, if you know they've done something wrong and they know that they can learn, they can they have a room for improvement that can be a different matter. But if that but comes from who you are and you are trying to change that, I think that most people trying to fit in rather than standing out. Would yeah, you say that? Be, yeah. Uh, How yes. can people, you know, manage to stand out rather than fit in? <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, but be yourself. Stop trying to fit in. Uh, yes. I certainly, you know, I certainly don't try to fit in. I try and be colourful and loud and very <laughs> visible. And I think that's helped the growth, the the, the growth that that, that we've got. Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Be yourself is would be my would be a big message. But also mm. know that things can change. You know, yeah. back in 1987, we had lost all that money. The company had gone bankrupt. I'd been sacked from my job. It didn't feel great. <laughs> In fact, I remember writing down, I don't know if I will ever be happy again. If I will ever, I think I even wrote, I don't know if I will ever laugh again or something like that, you know. Um, but that changes. Yeah. Life and you can live, uh, find something that fulfills you. Yeah, yeah. I think the great, that's a great thing. Reminding people that regardless what you are going through today, that also will pass actually and then you can you can move on you can find something yeah i mean there are some people in in some parts of the world that mm. are in in truly miserable situations and mm. i don't want to 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 dismiss that mm. and there are some people who it will be very it's very difficult to change mm. uh where you are but most of us actually mm. probably the people listening to this podcast aren't in that situation so mm. so we should remember how lucky we are that we probably do have choices and we probably can decide how yeah. how we live Good. Okay. Thank you, Harry. That was awesome. So now let's talk about money. So <laughs> sometimes you, you know, you have a passion, you want, you know what you want, but actually you find out that it doesn't pay well. So how can we do both? How can we do what we love and get paid well? <laughs> well, you, you have to work out how important money is to you. Um, I'm quite, I'm comfortable. Um, but I'm not out to buy a flash car or a boat or a yacht or, or an aeroplane or anything like that. I'm, you know, I'm quite happy with my rather nice bicycle. Um, <laughs> uh, um, so we, you have to work out how much. You know, I, I know people who, mm. who live very well uh, on much less than the average wage mm -hmm. because they're, they, they've got what they want. They have got what fulfills them. So you have to work out how much money is you you want um and whether the meaningful work that you can find can fulfill that um mm -hmm. everyone does deserve to be paid well i'm not you know everyone deserves a decent wage and a decent standard of living and i know that's tough to, you know i've got kids they're, they're, they're in their 20s mm -hmm. um and in london it's virtually impossible for them to say to buy a house mm -hmm. um so uh But it's, I, I, don't, I don't know how well I'm answering the question, but um, <laughs> it's uh, uh, about finding the right balance. If yeah. you go out there just to earn money and go and work in the city or something and, <laughs> and have a horrendous working environment and, you know, people with not always the best attitudes um, in the hope that in the end you'll get money um, and you'll be able to, to leave or something. You know, I know somebody who I was at a retirement party and they turned to me and they said, I've been a lawyer for 35 years mm. and I've hated every minute of it. Wow. You okay. don't want to be that person. Yeah. You, yeah. you would much rather be somebody who earns less money 
but as a more fulfilling life. Yeah, that's great. Great perspective on that. So tell me, have you ever been stuck in a day-to-day job, actually? And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, if that's the case, how do you get out of that rat race? Well, my first job was cleaning the inside of lead fats in a manufacturing plant. Mm. I I got out of it by telling them I'm quitting. Um, uh, Apart from that, um, I mean, they were were vacation jobs where night shifts in bakeries and things, which weren't Mm. a lot of fun. Um, uh, But you have to, I mean, obviously, as, as I say, I know we need, some people need, the money that they, they get from the current job. Yeah. But be looking around. What skills do you need to move on? Mm-hmm. Um, where can you look for other things so that you can get out of the dead-end job? Yeah, yeah, go. Okay. So now let's talk about our third conversation, the part which is uh, the last section of, of this um, uh, conversation, oh. building a movement. <laughs> so I love the saying. I really don't know who says that originally, but I love this saying, saying don't start a company, start a movement. Um, so what do you think about that? Have you started first a movement or a company? I am seeking to start a movement for happy workplaces. Oh. I want uh, our mission is to get to a point where the happy workplace is the norm and not the exception. Wow, you know that would be awesome. <laughs> so there's two, there's two parts to what we do. On the yeah. one hand, we promote happy workplaces. My books out there, my information out there. I had somebody call me and say, "Can I meet you for coffee? I've read your book." So I met him, mm. and he said, "I read, I read your book 18 months ago." Mm. We implemented everything in it. We entered the Sunday Times Best Workplace and we came top. Wow. Right Now, that person never paid me a penny. He didn't even buy the book. Somebody gave it to him. <laughs> um, but I, I think that's wonderful. And I want more people like that. The Happy Manifesto can be downloaded for free. Just Google it. Oh. Um, at the same time, yeah. we're, I'm building a company. And um, if people want help in making that journey, Mm. As I say, we put all the information out there because we want to build that movement. Mm. But if people want help, we're there to support them. We can provide training in how to be a, a leader that people want to work for mm. um, that creates a happy workplace. We could, we've got a fantastic um, four-day uh, program spread over six months. We can come in and consult and help you create a happy workplace. But if you just want to use the Happy Manifest and do it on your own, that's great too. That's good. So you're going to give us some details later to the, uh, in, in, at the end of this conversation of how we can get uh, hold of your copy of uh, Happy Manifesto and uh, how we can also, uh, if somebody wants to work with you, how they can reach you. So Absolutely. before that, uh, tell me, how do you want to be remembered for? <laughs> <laughs> Tough question, right? Um, uh, I want to be remembered um, uh, as a good guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, as someone who was great to work for, um, and as somebody who made a difference yeah. in helping create happy workplaces. My ultimate, I would love to be remembered for having actually created a major shift in the way workplaces are. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm really ambitious, that would be what I'd like, I'd like to remember that for. But at base, it's uh, for being a good principled guy who was good to work for. Yeah, I'm sure that there are some people who don't even know that it exists for some people to know how to create a happy workplace. So I'm sure they'll be delighted to know who you are and (laughs) what you're doing, actually. (laughs) Tell me, Harry, if you have to relive your life again, knowing what you know now, what would you do and what will you no longer do? 
Oh, life has many journeys and many changes. And, uh, uh, you know, would I would I set up the newspaper knowing how disastrous it would turn out? Um, um, uh, maybe I'd set it up differently. Maybe I would, you know, maybe I, knowing what I know now, hopefully we could have created a truly great newspaper. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd be doing that rather than... Uh, rather than helping people create happy workplaces. Um, I probably wouldn't have gone to university and studied maths. Uh, I'd, have to, <laughs> I'd have done economics or politics or, or, or something like that. But all of these things, it's, it's, I'm qualified about saying that because that was a huge learning experience. So yeah. was the newspaper. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, so... Maybe I'd have done exactly what I've done. I've done. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe actually those experiences just built who you are today. Perhaps we just have to go through those bad experiences in order to find something <laughs> that we like. Actually, <laughs> yeah, well, what's the, fra- the niche phrase? If it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. Yes, that's it. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, so, um, do you have also, um, you know, final words of guidance that you can tell our listeners um, to live a fulfilling, meaningful life uh, right now? What can they do? Um, I'd say be true to yourself. Mm. Um, it comes back to what what does give you meaning. Um, uh, uh, I mean, in, well, one thing I there's the old phrase, treat people as you would like to be treated. But actually, yeah. to managers, I say that's not the principle. The principle is treat people as they want to be treated, ah. which can be very different. How I want to be treated might not be how you want to be treated. Um, um, so treat people as they want to be treated and live a life of, of principle and think about the, the wider world. Yeah. That's awesome. So now, can you share some resources? You shared some of your, you know, uh, own work that you've, uh, um, you know, written and uh, what you're doing. Uh, can you share actually um, some of the resources that you have and how people can reach them? Actually, if you have a website or something, um, uh, email address. Uh, how can people reach you? Okay, my email is Henry at Happy Mm-hmm. My Twitter address is Happy Henry. Nice, easy to remember. <laughs> uh, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn, I, I, Henry Stewart. I think I think you'll find me. Mm-hmm. Um, my website we've got two. One is Happy.co.uk. There's also HappyManifesto.com. Both of them you can download the book Happy Manifesto from for That's- free. Oh, wow. Um, so, so go there, download that. There's also things like 80 Steps to Creating a Happy Workplace on there. Okay. Um, so feel free to use that. Do get in touch. I'd love to hear from you. Um, and I'd love to help you create truly great workplaces. Wow, that's awesome, Harry. Your work is fabulous. What you're doing to help the world and, you know, spread happiness and uh, happiness in the workplace is really awesome. And I am so honored to have you on the show today and, and sharing your wisdom. And, and uh, thank you very much. It was a great pleasure to talk to you. Well, thank you very much. The show notes of this episode of Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life are available on my webpage, francinebelli.com slash podcast. That's F-R-A-N-C-I-N-E-B-E-L-E-Y-I dot com slash podcast with all the references and resources shared by Harry. 
Whilst you're there, leave a message in the comment section to let me know about your key takeaway from this episode. If you enjoy this podcast and want to show your love and support, subscribe to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or the app where you are listening to this podcast and leave me a five-star review. It will take you a minute, but it will mean a lot to me and help me know that it is serving people out there. See you next week for a brand new episode. Until then, dream, act, and make an impact. Lots of love.